Welcome to Precious Predicaments with Jeanette Abney. Our program is about turning the negative challenges in your life into positive experiences. If you feel that life's issues are bogging you down and there is no hope in sight, you've arrived where you need to be. We'll discuss the challenges and offer solutions that you can start working on immediately. Now, here is your host, Jeanette Abney. Hey, Good morning. Welcome to Precious Predicaments with Jeanette Abney. Now, today we have a very interesting show. And I first want to thank my Heavenly Father for waking me up again this morning. And I also have with me my two of my four grandkids, the five grandkids driving me crazy. And I also basically have a special guest on the show again today, Mr. Cedric Boyd. So today we're going to be talking about basically living life with no regret. And basically when we talk about regret, we're going to have our show today. We can have callers call in, talk about some of the things that have happened in your life that you may have felt bad about, had some regrets. So we're going to work through this and also help you with the decision-making process so that you can make decisions that you can live with. Now, without further ado, I would like to introduce Cedric Boyd. Cedric? Hey, Jeanette. How you doing, girl? You know how I'm doing. That's, ooh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what to talk about it. <laughs> okay, Cedric, tell the listeners who you are and um, what you do and things of that nature. Okay, my name is Cedric Boyd. Um, I'm a writer. I've written um, two books. I've ghostwritten another one. Um, uh, my books are entitled The Good Wolf. Number one, and the sequel to that is Randall Whitmore. I also ghost-wrote a book with my mother entitled Sex Out of Wedlock. Um, I was a probation officer, detention officer for like 15 years, um, an athlete, uh, a world-class track and field athlete. Um, I also played college basketball. So I do, I, you know, I've done a little bit of everything, Jeanette. You know how it is. That is true. Um, that is true. Yes. And like I said, yes. as my cousin, I am very proud of you and some of the accomplishments that you've made. Now, today's show, even though we're talking about regret and things of that nature, I want to first mm. start off by telling the listeners, when we talk about regret, basically what that means. And with regret, when you talk about feeling sad, repenting, disappointed over something that has happened or that has been done, and especially a loss, a missed opportunity. You know, we all sometimes deal with some type of regret. But today we're going to talk about letting go of the past, learning that, you know, basically there's really not much we can do about it because our past is like a ghost. It can haunt us. It can haunt us for years until we decide to make peace with it and allow ourselves to be set free. What do you think about that when we talk about setting yourself free? Well, you know, um, I think the ability to uh, forgive is really the ability to forgive yourself and the ability to forgive others that have have done you wrong is the only way you can really set yourself free and and, and, and free yourself from those regrets. Um, Mm -hmm. I look at it like, um, like say you ate something and you uh, digested it and you didn't, like, excrete everything bad from it that you needed to, to get out of your system, you know, it would make you sick, obviously, mm-hmm. you know. So the mind kind of works the same way. If you don't let stuff go, 
you know, your body will remember what your mind's trying to hold on to, and you'll, you'll get sick. I mean, you'll, you'll come up with some illnesses that they say are psychosomatic, but very real to you, you know. So um, yeah, I thought we were maybe going to go along the lines of, of forgiveness more so than regret. But I think maybe they go hand in hand, Jeanette. I don't know. I don't know how you feel about that. Well, basically, when we talk about forgiveness, we have to forgive ourselves, and we're going to right. basically teach the listeners how to learn to forgive ourselves. Because part of it, when we're dealing with these emotions, those are some mm-hmm. of the things that we hold on to. We use the terminology to say, "I regret I did this. I regret I did that." But it's like, mm-hmm. how do you even get to that? And like I said, when we learn the art of forgiveness. And we learn how to make decisions because a lot of times, I know like me, I don't like making decisions. Every time mm-hmm. I get caught up in a situation, I try to put the decision on somebody else. I'll even right. call my daughter or I'll call my friend or I'll call, you know, somebody, one of my elders, an elderly woman that I deal with. I put it off on them because I never like making decisions. And mm-hmm. I was watching the movie Greenfield the other day. No, not Greenfield, Greenleaf. And one of the things uh-huh. that I've heard the father tell the daughter, he reminded her of let your yes be yeses and your no's be no. And Amen. when we talk about that or we hear that, we get stuck because it's so difficult for some people to make decisions that they can live with. Now, when we right. talk about those decisions, these emotions, whether it's anger, grief, resentment, today... So let's talk about some of the emotions that come along with this and give the listeners skills to help them make the decision they can live with, whether it's a past relationship, financial decision, career change, relocation, or you just made a bad decision. So we're going to be open for your listeners to call if they want to talk about some of the things that they, they've done. Now, so I'm going to go back to you. Like I said, mm-hmm. growing up, you were an athlete. Your father right. was... He used to train boxers and things of that nature. I used to wish right. he was around more because I think if I was younger in my younger days, I could have, I probably could have, you know, challenged Layla Ali at one point, you know. Yeah, probably. You could probably but, do it uh, now, though. That's you know, the thing about it. Me, but we always thought that you had went into the NBA or played ball. Did you ever have any regrets about that? Um, no. What's, what's interesting is, Jeanette, when, um, you know, like I originally went away to Missouri to play basketball. Um, I found something out. I found out that I didn't really love basketball. You know, I liked it, but I didn't love it. Mm-hmm. So I had to make a decision, like right then and there. Like, was I going to just take these four years and um, just cruise through college and, and um, graduate and just take a scholarship that somebody would really kill for? Or was I going to do what I really wanted to do, which was which was run track? Mm-hmm. When I yeah, when I made that decision, like me and you know, Dad, we had a conversation. Me and your uncle had a conversation. And Cedric, if you give that scholarship back, you on your own, man. You mean I, I'm not going to help you anymore? So I had a real like real life decision I had to make right then and there, like. Am I going to just sit here in Cadillac um, and jog my way in for four years and, and do something I really don't love? Or am mm-hmm. I going to give it back and, and do what I want to do? And wow. fortunately, he raised me to kind of be a free thinker, so I gave it back, and I did what I wanted to do. And, um, 
and that didn't really sit well with him, you know, because mm-hmm. he meant what he said. You know, when mm-hmm. he said you're on your own, you were on your own, you know. So <laughs> when we came back, we... you really on your own? Wow. Yeah, yeah, you're on your own. Like, I need gas money if you want me to take you to the store. I mean, he was really, he was on one, you know, but he wow. meant what he said. He meant what well, he you said, know, but... And that's interesting that he, you know, made you realize the decision that you made was actually going to be your decision. Because even, right. like I said, you right. know, we come from a very athletic family, very athletic, right. you know, and not even on my father's side, but also on my mother's side. And even with my children, you know, my daughter was right. involved in basketball, and I used to want her to play basketball. And I remember she told me one time, when she turned 18, I'm tired of doing what you want me to do. If you want right. to play basketball, you play. Exactly. And I was like, wow. Exactly. And she missed it. Exactly. She really missed yep. it. And I don't know if she ever had any regrets about not pursuing it in college. And I was trying to do everything, to, you know, keep her involved in sports and things of that nature. But she was like, no, mm-hmm. this is not what I want to do. And even right. with myself, right. I always wanted to, used to say I wanted to be a lawyer and a judge. Now mm-hmm. I kind of struggle with that. Like, well, hey, should I go back to law school now? Should I, you know, get that degree in law? Or should I just, am I okay with what I'm doing? Because we all mm. go through that. And like I right. said, right. to give ourselves is a definite process because we deal with what's called, I want to talk about the stages of grief or some of the things we go mm. through with grieving at loss or that what if. You know, they call it data. We go through the denial, mm. which is, oh, mm. my God, I don't believe this is happening to me. We go through the anger, you know, being upset and mad and having these strong emotions. Now, we also know that anger can be used to either motivate us to make change or anger can be used to go out and try to either retaliate and do something bad. But if right. you're dealing with anger, it is an emotion. Then we do this bargaining. Mm-hmm. You know, well, I should have did this or I should have did or if I give you this, will you give me that? We bargain before we finally get to the acceptance part where we say, you know what? It is what it is. Life mm-hmm. may have dealt us a bad hand, or we may have made these choices. And I look at it like this, Cedric. It's either going to be a lesson or an experience in regards right. to what did you learn from this? What did well, you get out of that? I have to tell you, Jeanette, I did not regret it. Good. I, did, good. I did not regret it. I did exactly. It was hard. It was much more difficult because I had to go back to junior college and get a, you know, get a track scholarship. I got hurt, you know, it just, it got really, it got really shaky, but it also gave me like a lot of confidence when I got older that like, I can handle it. It's going to be all right. Like whatever happens, Mm -hmm. you know, I'll be fine. You know, the Lord's got it under control. That makes a difference. Like you just said, the Lord got it under control. It's like they say, if you want to make God laugh, Tell them your plan. Because when exactly. you tell God your plan, that may not be the plan mm. that God has for you. And sometimes Absolutely. we got to learn how to deal with it because when we go into this forgiveness part, part of it is the disappointment tip. Because if right. we're going to talk about living a life and letting go of that past, because, again, there's nothing we can do about the past. The past is behind right. us. Our present is mm-hmm. now, and our future is before us. So when we talk about making these decisions, it's like what makes us, get to the point where we feel disappointed. 
You know, is it that somebody said we should have done something different or we just carried this weight on our shoulder, which makes it like that ghost, like, just punch you? You know, because I know with me, with the law thing, every time somebody get in trouble or something, I'm like, dang it, I should have got that law degree. Or, you know what, uh-huh. I only would have got that law degree. But then I tell people, I may be a broke therapist, but I think I would have been a broker attorney. So, right. <laughs> probably when I got accepted into law school, I was like, uh-uh. I don't want to do that, you know, because I'll be taking too many pro bono cases because I'm forever feeling sorry for somebody. Right. So right. that disappointment. Now, Cedric, help me out here. When we talk about that disappointment, which is what we know has a lot to do with the regret, let's talk right. about first past relationships. Have you know? and let's talk about how some people sometimes deal with this, you know what, I was in this relationship, I've been in this relationship for years, and now I'm starting to have these regrets, and the regrets mm-hmm. turns into resentment, especially in a dating relationship. What do you think about that, mm-hmm. Well, I, I think number one, Jeanette, is to go in understanding that you are going to be disappointed sometimes. Mm-hmm. You know, that life just works like that sometimes. Everybody's not going to meet your expectations all the time. You know, because we're setting a, a really high standard for people that sometimes we don't set for ourselves. And it's natural that people are going to disappoint you sometimes. You know, um, if you're in a relationship and, it's, it's, and um, the disappointments keep coming one after another, you're probably in the wrong relationship. You know, and if you're not in the wrong relationship, you need to maybe have some real honest conversation and dialogue with your partner, you know, because maybe well, they you, think everything's fine. Correct. Well, you know what, Cedric, one of the things is I'm a licensed therapist, and one of the mm-hmm. things that I've noticed is when we talk about those regrets when it comes to relationships is mm-hmm. sometimes when individuals have to break up or maybe not want to break up, and we start talking about, because you know they say domestic violence is highest when a person either wants a divorce or they're breaking up with their loved one or been, you know, course, by sure. You know, the they yep. say that romance is a big area of regret for many of us because mm-hmm. we start thinking about, you know what, I invested all of this time, I invested all of this money, and now sure. this person want to leave me? No. Or they start feeling guilty about that. What would you give some of the listeners in regards to advice in regards to dealing with regrets of a past relationship? Well, you know, Jeanette, I've been, I've been very blessed. I've been lucky. I've been with the same woman for 22 years. Um, I did. Uh, I only had one really other serious relationship that I consider serious, and it was a disaster. And mm-hmm. the thing about it is I don't regret going through it because it made me better. You got to get what you're supposed to get out of it and move on. You know, mm-hmm. if a relationship goes bad, it's not all on the other person. It's just not. Yeah. I don't care how crazy they were or whatever. You are an active participant. But the problem is, if you don't get the information about you out of the relationship where you made a mistake, you're just going to jump back in another one and you're going to be the same person doing the same thing you know, blaming other people, you know. Right. I've noticed that a lot with, with, with men. 
like they'll get married, they'll get divorced because the wife wasn't this and that. Then they get married again and they get divorced again and it was constantly her problem. And they never mm-hmm. really look in the mirror until they get old and they're like, wait a minute, I was doing some stuff too. Correct. You know. Well, so, the one thing um, is when you talk about that is, and we're going to be taking a break in about two minutes. So if anyone mm-hmm. want to call in and share some of their experiences that they've had or things that they're struggling with in regards to some of the decisions that they've made, give us a call at 888-346-9141. And you can join myself, Jeanette Abney, and Cedric Boyd on Precious Predicaments with Jeanette Abney as we discuss this very important topic with basically learning how to, you know, not deal with these regrets and learning how to move forward and setting ourselves free. Because and learning the art of forgiveness, because we gotta remember, forgiveness is the intentional and voluntary process. So we basically have to change our attitude regarding not only what other people have done to us, but also what we've done to ourselves. And that is very important. It's difficult, but it's doable. And that makes definitely it definitely makes a difference. So so we got about a minute. Anything you wanna say before we go to break? Um, no, I'm just happy to be on the show. Um, I think you can um, add a, a lot of insight, Jeanette, with your, um, you know, having been married more than once and kind of how, how to forgive and move on because you you seem to have the ability to not hold on to stuff. And I think that I think that if you spoke with the listeners and they can really relate to you about that because you you do move on, you do have that ability, and I think the listeners would really enjoy hearing you speak about that because you speak so well, frankly you know about all your situations. I'll do it, and I'm not going to even take you throwing me under the bus because I already put it out there. But you know what? Right, I'm going right. to tell you. It was, I will share. I will put it out there. So we'll be going on a break, and stay tuned. Come back so you can hear my story of how I dealt with those situations with Jeanette Abney with Precious Predicaments. See you in a minute. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com Do you have complete control over your thoughts and your life? It seems like we do, but there are always outside forces that are wreaking havoc with that control. How do we get our thoughts back on track, so to speak? Listen for help. My thoughts are holding me hostage with Dr. Jeffrey Fannin. When you command the power of thought, you can achieve or have whatever you want. Make the laws of the universe work for you. Tune in every Friday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, 1 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Life is a journey which never gets easier. As we go through life, we just handle things better as we get to know ourselves. Listen for the Mental Sherpa by Theta Spring. Host Alexandra Janelli believes that each of us are pre-programmed with all the answers and tools we need to move through any situation life throws at us. It's discovering those tools and answers that will set us on the right path to enjoying and navigating life. Listen every Tuesday at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Pacific Time on Voice America Empowerment. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com You 
are tuned in to Precious Predicaments. To reach Jeanette Abney or her guest today, please call into the program at 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. You may also send an email to jabneylmft at gmail.com. Now, back to Precious Predicaments. Okay, welcome back to Precious Predicaments with Jeanette Abney and special guest Cedric Boyd. Before we went to break, Cedric asked me a question in regards to me dealing with relationships and how I was able to overcome these things as far as not having any regrets and the decisions that I made. And I want to first say, growing up in a female predominant family, I saw a lot. I saw a lot of things that my mother was doing, my grandmother's done, you know, not really my aunties, but it was more of the my mother and my grandmother because they were the most important women in my life at that time. And one of the things, like I said, life can either be a lesson or an experience. And my lesson was I did not want to do the things that they've done. I did not want to go down that road because I did not know what a healthy relationship was because I saw so much dysfunction, but I didn't know, Cedric, that it was actually dysfunction. All right, of course. Was, I didn't know none of it. That was all I right. Now, my last husband used to say I had what was called an emotional detachment, which I had to remind him that it's not a, a disorder. So he kind of mm-hmm. thought I had no emotion. And it wasn't that I didn't have emotions. It was I had become so tough in to where... I could not change other people. I could only change myself. And if things was not going well, was not working well, I could only remove myself from the situation. And I used to tell people that I made a better friend than I did a lover. And they didn't believe me when I would say that. Now, I knew how to be your friend, but I didn't know how to be your lover. So I think that made it kind of easy for me as far as when the relationship was going bad it was easy for me to walk out with grace, my dignity, and not having any regrets. And I remember telling my mother when she used to tease me about my marriages. And I would tell her I would have A through Z on my mailbox before I let one man dog me out. That was not going to happen. So I never looked at it as a bad thing. And I remember telling one of my friends, they used to try to tease me about my marriages. And I said, well, you know what? At least men loved me enough to want to marry me and make me a wife versus being a girlfriend. Because I knew that I was worth more than being your girlfriend, but now this part of my life, I know what being equally yoked means. I know that, I mean, I'm not one that got to, you know, he got to have this, he got to have that. That's never been my personality and style. I've learned how to look at compatibility and chemistry. I've learned that I don't have to make sacrifices that if a person like you told me, I don't have to say yes to everybody and everything. So I've learned not to do that. And that's one of the things that, like I can say, in my personal life that has helped me. Because I remember one time I gave my husband divorce papers. I went downstairs and started partying and having fun with my daughter. And my daughter was like, wow, Mom, you cold. And it wasn't that I was cold. It was just that, you know what? This relationship has taken its course. There's nothing I can do about it. I don't have any regrets. 
me and my exes, we all get along. Only person I don't get along with is my son's father. And I had to learn how to realize he is who he is, and there's nothing I could do about that. And I think that, you know, even as far as my grandkids, even with my son, I don't regret having my son, but I knew I knew better with that relationship. I knew way better. But it was something I had to deal with. And what came out of that is, you know, basically four lovely grandchildren and one step-grandchild, which they in the room hiding. They wanted to be on the radio, but I guess they said I'm taking too long. So, <laughs> but, you know, that was basically what I had to do. Cedric. I mean, I couldn't wallow in it. I couldn't be feeling sad. I couldn't say, oh, I shouldn't have right. done that. And it's funny because I still use the name Abney. Abney was my person. Right. So, and I've been divorced from him since, what, 1980-something? Yeah, so you're not carrying those bags. Yeah. No, I let it go. I let it go. They said, why do you keep the last name Abney? I said, so I can be first. I said, the only way I'll change my name is if I marry somebody that my last name is going to be AA or AB, and it got to be before Ian. Because other than that, I get it first. I'll tell you one thing. Jeanette, that keeps you from having regrets is don't settle. You know what I mean? I mean, set a goal, go for what you want, and don't settle for anything less than that. Because if you do, you're going to have quite a few regrets. True. Well, right about now, I'm too old for that. So Jeanette and Jeanette get along just fine. Jeanette right. is a cheap date. Jeanette, um, don't be taking too long when she want to go shopping. Jeanette can right. go to the movies by herself. Jeanette, uh, right. I've never had a problem with being by myself. Even with right. being on the radio and all of this, oh, my God, Cedric, I was being stalked. I was being harassed. I was being... Right. People sending me emails, are you married or not? Are you? I'm like, leave me alone. Right. And my, oh, my God, it's horrible. It is so horrible. But, no, like I said, I don't have the regrets. I don't have the baggage. I I know my role, and I'm not going to settle. So, therefore, I don't have to deal with all that. Plus, I got people in my corner. My daughter, she told Mm -hmm. me, Mom, don't you bring home no more projects. And my my friend, she tell me everybody is sucker. Everybody is sucker magnet. Right. So, yeah, so that's basically how bring that... One, bring one home fully cooked, Jeanette. We don't want one half cooked. <laughs> bring one that's done, dressing, everything's on the table and stuff. It's ready to go, girl. Uh, uh-uh. and, and, I mean, I don't have anything to bring against people with what they do sexually, but like I tell people, uh, I, I can't do same sex because uh, I, I won't be fair. So I ain't going to lie on right. that one. I ain't even trying to go that route. So I'm good. Right, right. I'm good. <laughs> I am good. So let's talk about in regards to when we talk about making these decisions and how we get to the decisions. But before we even get to that, let's talk about financial. You know, that uh, a lot of times we have regrets when it comes to some of the financial decisions that we, we make. Uh-huh. What do you think about that? Yeah, uh, well, you know, I've had a few myself. Um, I remember at my job for years and years, I kept talking about starting a 401k and I never started it. You know what I mean? I think about all the money that, that, that could have piled up in that 401k with just a very, very small investment. 
you know, and mm-hmm. money, money I wouldn't even have missed, you know. Um, you know, that's really a probably, you know, actually, you know, I had a gambling problem for a minute. I definitely regret that. But, um, oh, wait a minute, wait a minute. I know nothing about that. You weren't playing, you weren't playing blackjack, was you? <laughs> well, I was playing some jack, hitting the slides, you know. I was just getting too. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, it was really, it was really out of character for me because I'm usually like really conservative dude, you know. Um, I'm just not a I'm just not a free wheeler like that. You but know what, what I did funny, was I had to get to the bottom of like why mm-hmm. I was gambling. And once I got to the bottom of why I was gambling, gambling didn't seem appealing to me anymore, you know. Mm-hmm. So it just kind of manifested itself in a in a way that was really regretful, but again, I really I don't regret it because I needed to get to the source of the problem and the only way for me to get there was to go through the gambling issue, you know. Okay, so help me out. Help me out because, see, you said some stuff that we never really talked about as a family because, mm-hmm. um, you know, um, our family got that, that gambling book, and uh, it's on both uh, sides of the family. Yeah. So um, yeah. if you got to the root of it, I mean, I do well now because when I be wanting to go to Paula, I just learn to say no. If I don't want to yeah. go, I don't want to go because... My grandmother taught me how to play every game but poker. And I never right. realized why she never taught me how to play poker. And I later learned it's because she lost her house playing poker. But right. in dominoes, well, I, I didn't know that. Stuff. I'd eat dominoes, I could shoot pool, I could do all that. You know, right. that used to be the family hustle back in the day. So mm-hmm. gambling was something you actually inherited, but um, you probably didn't know nothing about that. So now, I know Lou liked to gamble a little bit, but he wasn't, he wasn't in the kind of shape I was in. You know, mm-hmm. um, but it was, it, you know, it brought me to the Lord. I gotta be, I gotta be honest in that. Like, um, most people don't go to the Lord whole, they go broken. That's why they're going, you know, cause they're looking for answers and they've been trying to do it on their own and on their own, they keep ending up in the same spot. So, you know, um, I wasn't, I wasn't really dealing with stuff that I should have dealt with earlier. And I kind of, I kind of uh, manifested itself in gambling. It might it might manifest itself in food. You know, it might mm-hmm. manifest itself in drugs. You know, it's like a million things. Mine just happened to be gambling because I don't. I've never done drugs, so you know, thank mm-hmm. God. Because if it had manifested, so, you know, like I go hard when I go. You know what I mean? I don't. I don't have well, like a like a. Well, you like know a, what? I go full speed. You know. One of the things is when we talk so, about any type of addictive behavior. A lot of us mm-hmm. don't realize that any addiction is secondary to a primary issue. And when we're right. dealing with a lot of different emotions, we find comfort in things such as gambling, such as drugs, such as sex. Right. And a lot of times people don't realize that. And even mm-hmm. when we talk about, and I said we we're going to be talking about um, decision-making skills and the skills that we need in order to make those decisions, and even right. though one of them is being sober-minded, and like you said, we do go to the Lord when we're broken. We do go when we say, Lord, just help me. Just, just you know, when you ask to just repent and you ask to be forgiven for some of the sins that you've done and things of that right. nature. And a lot of times it seems simple, but yet it can be complicated because part of it has to do with the reasoning. Part of it has right. to do with um, our intuitions and things of that nature because, you know, I've heard when you know better, you do better. And I had right. a pastor who used to always say, what we don't defeat, we will repeat. And we will do that. Uh, amen. And 
Yeah. A lot of times we don't have enough information. You know, that's why right. I was challenging you when you were talking about your gambling thing is sometimes we don't even know how we even got there, why it makes us feel good. I remember right. when I was five years old, my mother hit my uncle in the head with a shoe because I, we were playing um, Keno, and I Keno, uh-huh. and I had no business gambling playing Keno, and my uncle said right. she cheated. As soon as he accused me of cheating, uh-huh. my mother took off her shoe and busted him in the head, and it was a big old family fight. Now, at five, that sounds about right. Yeah. In the first place. But the thing is, not enough information. So, right, sure. Also, with financial, a lot of times, you know, I know we were talking about gambling, but a lot of times we either we spend too much money, we invest in things we shouldn't invest in, and, you know, should have made investments within ourselves. We take these right. risks financially, but a lot of times we really need to do better with our money. We really do with the financial decisions that we make, and we have to be very mindful. Another thing is, Cedric, is career change. Sometimes right. in life, we become so comfortable with what we're doing. Absolutely. I remember when I worked for the Orange County Healthcare Agency, that was one of the best jobs that I've ever had, making the most money I've ever made. And uh-huh. he had to take me out of that position because I was comfortable. And I tell right. people all the time, I'm probably the only person that ever got fired from the county. Ain't nobody ever lost a county job but me. Right. You know, even though I was a contracted employee. But when it happened, it wasn't like I was sitting there like, oh, my God, what am I going to do? Oh, my God. We was on our way to Vegas. I'm like, okay, uh, I'm out of here. You know, I didn't even regret it. I was actually grateful that it happened because God moved me from one position to another position. Absolutely. So change may not always be comfortable, but change is necessary, especially when we talk about careers. So sometimes we have to step out on faith. Sometimes we have to get to the point to where if this career is not working, we got to do something else. Absolutely, and that's 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 difficult when you got bills and you got fears and you got you know all this other stuff. Because I've recently had to uh, you know I resigned from my job last year um, to pursue writing, to pursue it a hundred percent, and and to go all out. And uh, you know it was scary. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? I had a good job. You know I was making good good script. I'm great money, but good money. You know I got a mortgage. I got you know bills. I'm married, but somehow they're all still getting paid. You know, well, you know what? That pressure's gone. You know what? Forty points. You know, is I'm, I'm much happier. I'm much healthier. Like it was that job was killing me. You know, and I didn't even know it until I quit. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's, you know, so um, yeah, it, it was a little uncomfortable. But that's the only way you're going to grow because if you're always comfortable, why would you ever strive for anything besides what you have? That is true. That you is know? true. I so like you know you're in the right place. You know. Um, yeah, I have no regrets. Definitely. I have zero regrets with the way things happened with the job, and um, you know, I'm just happy and blessed, and I'm, I'm and I'm a better person for having it, and I'm a better person for not going there anymore. You know what Correct. I mean? Correct. Well, it you made know, me better while I was there, and it made me better when I left as well. Correct. You and I had a conversation about me with my career changes, and um, things worked out for the best. It really did. As I can say, I will be making another career change and move, and I got a call on Monday about what I have been waiting for, and God is definitely good right. because 
I had got to the point where I was like, well, what should I do? And, and what should I, you know, I walked away from a job that was making a whole lot of money. But it had right. got to the point where if you don't want me there, I'm not going to be where I'm not wanted. And right. um, I had right. to make that decision. And I had to step out on faith, and good things happened as a result of that. And when you learn to trust God, things can happen. And it doesn't mean uh-huh. that, you know, people say, well, he's taking too long. Or, you know, they say he may not come when you need him, but he's always on time, even when it comes to your bills. You know, I've had situations where I thought, oh, my God, how am I going to do this? People call me and say, Jeanette, you know what? Don't worry about that bill. Or we just wrote that off. Or we just, I'm like, right. wow. I tell my daughter, that's right. when I started doing a hallelujah dance. And um, another thing, like I said, I know we have two minutes before we go to break. Another decision that people have to make and they have a lot of regrets is relocating. Moving from mm-hmm. one city to another or from one state to another. You know, that's another thing that a lot of times, especially military families, sometimes they have to up and move, or right. your job may take you to another city that you may not want to live in. So if we got about two minutes. Tell the listeners a little bit about having to relocate and what that may look like when you talk about, am I going to regret this decision? Well, I, I got a story um, that's interesting. Uh, I was training... Uh, for the Olympics, like in 96, and my hip wasn't quite right, and I couldn't get um, to 100%. So I, it kind of just crashed and burned, but I had to move to Phoenix to do it. You know, I was in SAC, and I, I was like, if I'm going to make the commitment, I have to um, I have to make it fully. So I moved to Phoenix in 95 to train with a coach uh, by the name of, his last name was Doyle. He'd already gotten guys to the Olympics, and, you know, I, I want to give it one last shot. Mm-hmm. Well, what's mm-hmm. interesting is when I got there, two weeks after I got there, he got fired. Wow. Okay, so you we know, got 30 so, minutes before we go to break, and you made that decision. You relocated. You moved to Phoenix. And mm-hmm. what? And within 30 seconds, tell us, was it a decision that you was able to live with, or how was that in regards to relocating? I did not regret the decision, and I can tell you why probably when we get back after the break, because it may take, a, may take like longer than 30 seconds. Okay. All right. And I can explain well, to you why. Another mm-hmm. break. Stay tuned. Come back. Share. You can, again, you can call us at 888-346-9141 with Jeanette Abney and Cedric Boyd on Purchase Ridiculous with Jeanette Abney. We'll be right back. Follow us on Twitter for more great ideas at Voice America Empowerment. Are you happy in your life or are you just settling? It's time to speak out, take control of your existence, and let your life speak. Bart Queen is the host of A Hero's Journey. His personal goal is to help you find your voice, use that voice, and live the life that you deserve to live. Do more, be more, and give more. Tune in to A Hero's Journey on the Voice America Empowerment Channel live every Monday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time, 12 noon Eastern Time. You owe it to yourself to tune in and make your voice count. Do you feel alone trying to conquer life's challenges? Do you feel that there's sometimes nowhere to turn and nobody really understands? Remember, you are not alone. Every week, host April Joy Ford, who has faced adversity as a constant in her life, helps you rise above life's challenges with your own blueprint meant to discover the powerful you. April's challenges have included childhood sexual abuse, becoming a widow and single parent at 32, and other such curveballs. She'll help you get empowered holistically every Tuesday at 4 p.m. Pacific, 7 p.m. Eastern, 
on Voice America Empowerment. Follow us on Twitter for more great ideas at Voice America Empowerment. You are tuned in to Precious Predicaments. To reach Jeanette Abney or her guest today, please call into the program at 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. You may also send an email to jabneylmft at gmail.com. Now, back to Precious Predicaments. Welcome back to Precious Predicaments with Jeanette Abney and special guest Cedric Boyd. Before the break, Cedric was sharing his story in regards to relocating. And um, we're going to allow Cedric the time to finish his story as far as what that experience was like with him for relocating. For those of you that may have to make a decision of whether they're going to relocate from one city to another or one state to another. Okay, Cedric, finish sharing your story. Okay, well, I, like I said, I was in Phoenix. Um, I was in there about two weeks, and then the coach at uh, Arizona State that was coaching at the time, he, he got fired. So now the very reason that I thought I went down there was gone. And I wanted to go back, but I was like, wait a minute, there's got to be a reason that I'm down here. There's got to be a reason. And I found that reason, and it was a gentleman by the name of Carlin Skinner. He was about... 19 years old. He's a guy from, uh, from uh, the East Coast, from Pittsburgh. And me and him really hit it off. You know, he was younger than me, quite a bit younger than me. He was like 19 or 20, and I had to be like 26 at the time. And me and him became really, really good friends. And what's interesting is um, he came down to Sacramento to live with, with Jamie and I when he was relocating. He worked for Apple, and he's the one that actually did the cover of my book, The Good Wolf. Mm-hmm. So that was, yeah, so that was one reason, like, the reason I, I really that. went down there, God sent me down there, was to meet him. And the other mm-hmm. reason was, like I said, I've been with Jamie for 22 years. So mm-hmm. um, when I went down there, we had to separate for a while, for about 10 months. You know, mm-hmm. we were maybe a year or two in. And what I found mm-hmm. out while I was down there is this is the woman I'm going to love because she supported me even though I had to leave and go do something that was in my heart. Um, she supported me through it. We made it through it. I came back and eventually we got married and it's the same woman that I've been with for the last 22 years. So I don't, I don't have any regrets about that at all. You know, that I, I found out what she was made of. I made a friend for life. It, you know, God sent me down there for something he wanted me to do, not necessarily for something that I wanted. Was, mm-hmm. it, was, was I bitter for a while until I kind of got the, the big picture of it? Sure, you know. But then eventually I could take a step back and not worry so much about, you know, the coach leaving and things not working out for me. It was like the reason that he sent me down there was for something completely different. And I understand mm-hmm. that now, you know. So if you have something in your heart that it might get funky and uncomfortable, but you know if God put that in your heart, just go ahead and follow through, and he'll lead you to where you need to go and what you need to do. And he'll tell you why you were there eventually when you're going to handle it. Well, one of the things say. they say, Cedric, is if God can bring you to it, he can bring you through it. Absolutely. And we may not always know the answer why, but um, it's in that point. Now, we only have right. a couple of minutes, you know, we have like before the end of the show, but... I want to give the listeners some information in regards to 
making decisions. And like I said earlier, a lot of us, we struggle with making decisions. You know, is there a right or wrong answer? I remember my husband told me one time, the answer should all either be yes or no. Sometimes it could be yes and no. Or sometimes you just right. may not know. And the one thing is making a decision. You don't always have to make a decision right now. Sometimes right. you tell a person, give me time to think about it. Let me pray on it. Let me sleep on it. Let me, you know, because sometimes we can become very impulsive when we're making sure. a decision. And if we let our emotions get the best of us, we may not make the right decision, which can lead to why we have so many regrets. Because we know we shouldn't have made the decision that we made. And sometimes that sure. may be right. But even though decisions, when we make these, they need, we need to be capable of whether it can be implemented, whether it's a personal decision, something that has to do with an organization, or however we make these decisions. Now, we have things that can prevent effective decision-making. See, one of the things that you've got to be competent. If you're not competent, if you're not emotionally mature, if you're not mm-hmm. used to being responsible, sometimes the decisions that you make are going to reflect that. So, Cedric, here are a number of problems that can prevent effective decision-making. Like I said earlier, not enough information. If you don't have enough information, it can feel like you're making a decision without any basis. Sometimes we need to take some time to gather the necessary data to inform our decision, even if the time scale is very tight. Like I said, it's necessary prioritize your information by gathering, identifying which information is going to be most effective to you. So, not enough information is one. So, the next one is too much information. Sometimes we can have so much information, we become confused. We become paralyzed, but we don't know what to do because we got too much information and then too many people. A lot of times when we have to make a decision, we got people in our ear telling us what to do. And right. when you get too many people telling you what to do in regards to that, that committee, they call it what they call it, the peanut committee, the peanut gallery, uh-huh. because uh-huh. everyone has their own views, their own values. And while it's important to know what these views are and why they're important, it may be essential to take responsibility for making a decision. And sometimes any decision is better than none. I remember being in a meeting one time, and the best advice I've ever heard before we get to some of these other things, Cedric, is a uh-huh. person told me the person that you can trust most when they're trying to give you some advice in regards to a decision is a person that has nothing to gain and nothing to lose. Absolutely. Absolutely. If they have nothing to gain or nothing to lose, then you can trust what they say because they don't have a right. interest in that decision. So they don't have a reason to lie to you. They don't have a reason to manipulate you. They don't have a reason Mm -hmm. to try to persuade you in a different way. And I found that to be very valuable because the next thing they talk about is emotional attachment. A lot of times that can be a problem with making a decision because many people are often very attached to what's called the status quo and decisions that they make tend to be involved or involve the prospect of change, which many people find difficult. And a lot of people don't like dealing with change. So they become so emotional or not being emotional enough with the decision. So those are some of the barriers. And one of the things that we talked about, Cedric, is making the decision that we can live with. 
if you right. can live with it, if you know you did the very best that you could, even though, as we know, with decision-making, it entails a thought process, why go back and drive yourself crazy over what you decided to do? Now, I'm going to interview mm-hmm. my two grandkids because I have my oldest granddaughter sitting here about to go crazy and my youngest granddaughter sitting here. I'm going to ask you, Tyena, how do you make decisions? We can hear you, Tyena. How do you make decisions? Come on, we got a couple of minutes. How do you make decisions? I think about them. You think about them. What gives you the skills to think about the decisions you make? My conscience. Can't nobody hear you. What? My conscience. Your conscience? Jasmine, you want to tell me how you make decisions? Okay, Jasmine just ran, so Jasmine don't want to make the decision. Her decision was she don't want to be on the radio. Well, Jeanette, let me let me let me jump in here real quick, Jeanette. I'm gonna tell you how I'm gonna tell you how men make decisions. Okay. Okay. Men are generally very logical, and until it comes to women, like we can reason, mm-hmm. we can break it down, we can do, but then when it comes to women and our and our other fella, you know, our other head in our pants, we start making really really horrible decisions. You know, um, we're just wired that way. Well, um, that's true, too, Cedric, because the bottom line is men and women think differently. And right. women, a lot of times, make decisions based on emotions. Men view decisions based on facts. And if a man right. is trying to please a woman, of course he's going to do, because they say a happy wife is a happy home. So a lot of times men don't want to make decisions unless it's one of those issues where you talk about power and control, where they want to make all the decisions, and that's a little different. That's a whole different ball game when you talk about decisions being made that way. So, but the bottom line is, like I said, something you can live with, meaning I made it, I did it, I got to own it. And as I own it, you know, if things change along the line, so be it. If not, I can get some peace. I can rest Mm -hmm. knowing that I did the right thing. I tell people all the time as a therapist, even with my clients, I strive to do the right thing no matter what. No mm-hmm. matter what it is I have to do, I've got to make sure it's the right thing, and that way I know I can have peace. I tell people I'm not going to sell myself for a dollar. I'm not going right. to do that. That's, I guess, one thing career genetics do not want is politics because um, I don't think I'm a good politician because I'm going to do the right thing. And if they right. don't like it, right. well, ain't going to do about that. It's a decision that needs to be made. So, and I'm okay with that. So, but a lot of times, Cedric, we go back and forth. We waver in our mm-hmm. decisions because sometimes with these regrets, we want to make everybody happy. You're not going right. to make everybody happy. Sure. No matter what you say, good, bad, or indifferent, somebody's going to be pissed off or pissed off. So they may feel. Yep. And that's a part of life because life is not determined. It's not Life isn't designed. It just make you feel good all the time. Or Amen. tell people what you think that, 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 that they may want to hear. So that's a part of it. Now, as we're going to be closing, we have four minutes to close. And uh-huh. I hope that we gave the listeners some information in regards to the decisions that they make. And I want to say after today, you know, either you can basically, you can follow me on Twitter at Jeanette underscore at me. I'm also on Twitter at J.A. Precious P. 
If you want to email me, you can email me at Jeanette Abney, L-M-S-T, at gmail.com. You can follow me on Facebook at Jeanette Abney, L-M-S-T, or you can follow me at Courageous Woman's Magazine or Courageous Woman Radio. So one of the things I'm doing, and I'm, I mean, like I said, me and change and all of that stuff, Cedric, I'm being told I got to make a new website. So as I make this oh, new okay. website, I guess you can <laughs> Google my name, Jeanette, A-B-N-E-Y, and again, uh, the listeners, some insight on where to follow me for upcoming projects that I'm going to be involved in. I've been offered several different opportunities to do different things. And um, I believe that working with Tanisha Perry is going to be interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, trying to set up a podcast to get that going. And um, maybe start doing some writing, things of that nature. Sure. And these are decisions probably... that I had to make. I'm able to live with them. I'm not dealing with no regrets. Because one of the things is as we look forward, we should not start on looking backwards. When you learn to forgive yourself, it don't matter what people say about you, think about you, believe about you. It's how you are viewed. It's like the old saying, when they say, well done, my good and faithful servant. You've done everything that you were supposed to do. That's when you know you can have peace. And if you're interested in having me come and speak at any public engagement, or any church function, again, you can follow me through Twitter, or you can email me. I'll be more than willing to do so. And the bottom line is, I'm not expensive. My daughter used to always say, Mom, you got a bad habit of selling yourself out for a Big Mac. So, right. uh, as long as you <laughs> make sure you got some food, because Jeanette don't want to wear when ain't no food. <laughs> that is not going to work for me. Well, so, Cedric, you have one minute left. Yeah, let's give them a quick tool um, in terms of relationship. I want you to get a piece of paper, put a, put the pluses on one side and the minus on one side. If, I, if you're a fellow or a woman, and all you got on the plus side is sex, he looks good, blah, blah, blah. And then on the minus side, you got a whole list of stuff. Well, then you're kind of probably making a decision that's wired to your emotions and you, and you need to rethink it. But... You need to you need to make that list when you're not in the moment, like when an argument or you just got done doing whatever, like when your head is clear. And when you make that list, and if there's too many of them on the negative side and not enough of them on the plus side, you need to have a real long conversation with your significant other or you need to make a decision and make a move. Okay, Cedric, we you got know, 30 seconds. It sounds like what you're saying is doing the pros and the cons. And if your right. cons outweigh your pros or your pros may outweigh your cons and don't make these decisions based on your emotions, because emotions are like roller coasters. They come and they go. Right. And Amen. until then, remember, you can follow me at Courageous Woman Magazine or Courageous Woman Radio, centrally located in L.A. And until then, remember, you got this. And Cedric, I want to thank you for being on the radio with me and the tip that you just gave the listeners with the pros and the cons. And hopefully that will help them because we don't need to be living with regrets. We don't need to be living in the past. Life is precious. 
time is valuable, and we don't have time to be wasting with feeling if I would have, could have, should have. And like they say, if it was a fifth, we'll all be drunk. So we don't need to be worried about all that if I could have. And we got to take life for what it is, move forward. And again, you got this. If you need to get in touch with me, you can always give me a call. Send me an email. I look forward to hearing from you. Thank you for listening to Precious Predicaments with Jeanette Abney. We hope you've enjoyed this week's edition of Precious Predicaments with Jeanette Abney. Please join us again for another program next Tuesday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Until then, have an easy and relaxing week. You've got this.